I know, I know, I know. It's been a while since you heard my voice. I've actually recorded a few episodes, but I got the chance to record with a homie of mine. It's an amazing conversation. Not necessarily as fun as I would like it to be, but please take a listen. Let me know what you think. This is a true story. To find out what happens, what happens? when people stop being polite. Start getting. <laughs> want to welcome 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 everybody to a special thursday episode so this will be dropping on a friday um i got my man ike in the building uh he's sitting there drinking on some henny white i'm giving him a <laughs> bottle of this brother thank you for coming through what up what up all right so you are by far probably my most um entrepreneurial friend i will say uh yeah. i will give you all of the the respect and shout outs because i've seen the moves that you make and i think that they're dope thinking from that mindset right uh the way that jobs and i guess this is how i'll structure it the way that we've worked over the last year who has the power in the relationship going forward between the employer or the employee and when i'm asking that specifically none of us want to go back to work Mm-hmm. How is the world different, um, sort of post COVID? Well, I will say so. To your first question, I I think initially we thought it was the employer. Now we've found out that it's the employee. And to your second question, with COVID, I think uh, COVID forced everybody to kind of like slow down. You know, everybody's on this rat race. Everybody's moving, moving, and COVID forced everybody to slow down do like a complete reevaluation of yourself if you're married your household like it made you um look at how you can do things more efficiently and it's kind of is and it exposed everybody's eyes so i know okay me being nigerian african you come in here you have to make stuff work but i think with covid it kind of made people research more it made people read more. It made people dig deep, dig deeper into this because you're talking about lost jobs. You're talking about unforeseen circumstances. We don't know what's going to happen next, and people have to research. Like, oh, if this happens, how am I going to survive? How am I going to keep my family afloat? Automatically, that forces you to look deeper within, makes you research and see what other opportunities are out there. So I, I think the world has changed now because it's it's uh, what I would call you call it an item but forced exposure right and now you'd be like hey you know there's a different way to do things you know there's other opportunities out there i i could i could go into real estate i can go into car rentals i can go into stocks i can go into like you could see with what was going on there's a boom in people who are not just buying stocks but trading People going into options, calls, puts. They wouldn't have the time to do that before because they were always in the office. So it, it's major exposure right now. So I, I know I have a lot of friends who they're heavy into stocks. And they're like, now I have the time to be able to sit down and dig into this stuff. 
I feel there's a better way to go. There's a different route to go. I don't have to be a nine to five person anymore. I have people who are into real estate and they were forced to look into opportunities because the housing market kind of went down a little bit before the craziness started like November, December, and they picked up some properties and now real estate is exploding. And they're like, wow, so I can really go into this and I don't have to go back to my nine to five years. So I I just, and this is just, there's many, there's many forms of businesses, right? Sure. but I think this is open people's eyes into like, oh, there's actually more out there. Because what's been preached here is, oh, you got to get a job, do your nine to five, make a salary. But now, exposure there, and besides, on the, besides the business front, people spending more time with family. So before you even take that, it to that yeah. point, uh, one of the things that I'll ask, capitalism has always worked on sort of exploiting someone. Yes. Right? Yes. For all of our lifetime, like our parents, probably our grandparents, mm-hmm. we've been the people that have been exploited at uh, companies. Um, CEO pay, I think now, is you know thirty to forty times that of their average worker salary. So a lot of people have been getting rich off of the backs of other people. The difference now is that the regular people are starting to your point to find other ways to get money. Yes. Um, I know people who hit a big, you know, come up on crypto uh, where they were putting money in stuff like Dogecoin or when, you know, people put some money into Bitcoin and you see these things shooting through the roof. And a lot of people got money that way to your same point. Like, you know, I'm in different chats where I have friends that are, hey, I'm going to put some options on this stock right now. We'll see what it's going to do. Here's the number that we're looking to get out of it by. We're going to put a 30 day option on it. We'll see what's up. Like, this is a very real thing that's going on with so many people. And so that's why I'm curious now, like, what happens if, like, jobs legitimately don't have the power anymore because people are willing to just say, you know what, for lack of a better term, fuck it. I don't need this anymore. I mean, that, but that's something that's been going on for a while. Like, if you look at the trend, millennials going all the way down, what's before, what's, uh, before millennials, no, after millennials, what generation X? Is it what it's called? Uh, Generation Y. Generation Y? Generation right. Y. So we're talking, what is millennials from 39 or 40 all the way down to, is it 25? Yeah, tw- like 25, 26, 26, like that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the generation coming down, they, they are breaking all the norms. It's more about comfort. It's more about uh, independence. It's more about being free to travel, do what you want. So... That mold has been, I think it's been, that, that thing has been cracking, that foundation has been cracking, and I think the coronavirus just really accelerated everything. So you have so many people trading right now, and they made, like you said, made a killing. Regular stocks, crypto, real estate, they discovered rental car business, going into Airbnbs, like just so many for people are big into marketing, they launch podcasts like you and all that, so it, it's... It forced people to look into other avenues of, of making money outside of a traditional nine to five. So I think a lot of corporations are going to have very, very big problems getting people back in. I know a lot of my friends are getting emails now. So, hey, come back into the office. We're opening up mid-July or we're resuming end of August or first week of August. And the resounding feedback is, I don't want to go back. So besides even making money, just take away making money. If you're a family guy, you spend more time with the family. You roll out of bed, you jump into your nine o'clock meeting, 10 o'clock meeting, you 
in a, in, let's be honest, right? Let's keep it real. In a 40, if depending on your job though, but in a 40 hour week, you can get that shit done in about 10 hours. We all agree. Hours. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So the rest is exercise time, family time, spending time with the kids and all that. If you're single, it's really time for yourself. You know, reflection time, look, maybe dating, exercising, getting on the bike, going around, finding more, by discovering more about yourself. So, and a lot of people have, you know, you can't unsee what you've seen, right? So you go into this mode and you're like, man, I actually figured this out about myself. I actually love spending time with my family. I'm actually getting to know my kids more, mannerisms that I would have missed if I was always going to work nine to five, come back in. I don't want to lose that. If on the, on the single front, you'd be like, you know, this is nice. I can wake up, I can bike, I can jog, I have some time to think, I could write down notes. Me time. You I know, think the and biggest you take that back. To, I think the know? biggest thing that I've seen um, as a single person is that I don't have to wake up, uh, you know, 40 minutes prior to the time that I need to leave yep. to fight traffic for another, you know, 45 minutes to an hour just to get to work. And to your point, I'm coming back. That's yeah. Point. Yeah. That's another hour coming back. Yeah. But to your point, when people have two and a half, three hours of their day back in their lives, I don't know how I want to I don't want to go back to the way that things used to be. And there's so much of that. Um, I think about sort of the opportunity costs. And as a millennial, we are very much driven by sort of like deliverables. We have milestones. What do I have to do? Like I plan my schedule out. I have a calendar that I lay out every week for work. I know when I need to be online and when I have meetings, I make sure that I'm always available for those things. If it's not one of those times, you can catch me in the gym getting some shots up. To your point, now that the weather's nice, mm-hmm. I can be riding my bike. I can walk down to the wharf and the water. It's a bunch of different things that I could yeah. do because there's a level of freedom and free time that I didn't have. And I think it's that that I'm I'm sort of like getting at. Like, is the model really going to change? Are we going to now start thinking about things in terms of deliverables instead of, you know, because jobs will say, hey, well, we pay you for 40 hours to be here. Technically, that's not the bargain that we signed up for. You pay me to do my job. Do you pay me to be here 40 hours or do you pay me to do my job? Because I can be here 40 hours and like BS work away just so that you see me or I can get stuff done because that's what we do. Yeah. Do you want me to be effective? Yeah, it's so I'll I'll speak on the side of the individual and I'll speak on the side of the employer. So on on the individual side, so take for me, right? Family guy two kids right for me what corona exposed to me is i've I've always been very involved with my kid but with with the virus i was really really involved i noticed my kids the mannerisms the the their actions how they react to things and they were really happy to be like oh daddy is home all the time he's here all it got to a point where if i leave for a little bit where you going where you going you know so that connection, extra connection, if you want to call it that, I'm like, I don't want to lose that, you know? I mean, yes, granted, they're going to get back into school because they need the social construct, meet other friends, all that stuff. But it made me really see how they're developing, what the deficiencies are, what I need to do better as a dad to, like, you know, get them really set up. Then on the employer side, I, I would think there's cost savings involved, you know? 
leasing a building. The only deals, problem with that, that. That's what I would think. Yeah, agree. The only problem with that, there's an entire economy set up around the commute and or the ability for people to be in the office. Like, that's its own macro economy. I know what you're saying. You're talking hits with, you know, just even take petroleum companies, gas, stuff like I know what you mean. Yes. The the places that yeah. you go and you parking, pick up lunch. Park, uh, people who own uh, parking, uh, parking garages. garages. Yeah. You know, like, eventually, yes. like, if we start staying home sort of in mass like that's going to take a hit our you know city's going to now rezone property so that you can have sort of like maybe a mixed use thing where they're all just commercial all of these things would have to change if we kind of continue is, on this that is interesting yeah it would it would like because because i could tell you straight up right i i mean just with my friends well i have a lot of friends who are in professional field tech business all of that right and nobody wants to go back the only people nobody. that i've ever heard that say that they want to go back are people that are sort of in the baby boomer generation like older people people in our age range and down no yeah there's a better way for this and nobody told us that this has to be or the if you're way an essential worker you have no choice sure like if you're a nurse or something you're or a doctor, doctor and you doctor, have to yeah, be there yeah. because you're waiting for an emergency or a case to happen right. that's a different thing we're not even talking about those people but like for the most part if you have people who are you know office or sort of like white collar workers this is a very real thing now it is it is i other but, countries but, have been doing this for a while. It's just America has like lied to us and told us, you know what? If you work hard, if you put in all of this overtime, if you put in all of these hours, you can get far too. And the truth of the matter is, that's not necessarily true. If you could do the best job in the world, but if people don't like you or notice what you're doing, you'll stay there. Yeah. It has nothing to do with merit. Yeah, we, the, the thing there's a what did you call that? The IBM model where we have to see you in the office. You have to be there 40 hours a week. I don't care what you're doing, but the fact that I can walk to your desk and I can see you, that means you're productive. Right. And that's how they treat yeah. us in America. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, because overseas is a little different. I know back home, we don't, we don't necessarily have people who do a full 40-hour week in the office. We don't. And, you know, they have their own businesses. Most, most people back home have two or three businesses going. They'll leave the office, attend to that, and all. as long as you get... Yes, like you call it deliverables. You get your deliverables done, nobody's really stressing you out per se. But, Agree. You know, but for some reason in America, oh, you have to be in the office. You have to be there. I remember my first job, right? And I remember there'd be plenty of times where I'd stay after work. I'd do overtime. Yep. Um, and the reason why this sort of stands out to me, I but never I'm got to work ask on you time. About overtime too, but go ahead. Okay, yeah. so I never used to get to work on time. I was supposed to be there at nine o'clock. Right. I'd frequently get there at nine o seven, nine fifteen, and I know at times like my boss would you know be upset like, hey, like you're never on time, and it's like, I give you way more time during the end of my day to dedicate it to make sure that these tasks are done. I know you are not tripping about seven or fifteen minutes, and that this is a conversation. I lost the contract that way. That I has been a thing. And so, yeah, that, that has yes. been a thing. And so, to your point, you're not recognizing the value that you're getting from me because you're on this antiquated thought like, hey, you're late. When the truth of the matter is, by the time people usually get to work at 9 o'clock, they put their stuff down. They might go to the coffee machine, set yeah. some stuff up. They don't yeah. start work at 9. Yeah. That's very rare. Yep. 
I I uh, actually I actually lost. Well, I don't know if loss is the right term. It's, it was a two-year uh, client engagement contract that ended after like a year and two months, and that was the same thing too. I had um, who I was reporting to on the client side kept saying, "Oh, are you as a consultant, you're coming in at nine o'clock, nine thirty. Keep in mind, he comes in at eight, but he leaves at three o'clock." I'm there at 9, 9.30, but I'm there till 5. And right. sometimes I go over. But right. he's like, well, I'm ex-military. What we do is you have to be here at 8 every day. I'm like, dude, like, you come here at 8, 8.30, but you're out at 3 o'clock. I pull in more hours than you. So, I, you know, I act I'm like, am I being less productive? It's like, no. Is the, is the program failing? No. The, the head client, are they complaining? No. So you just have a thing for me being there at eight o'clock that's the issue but i work longer hours than you so yeah i can i can definitely relate to that so it's 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 stuff like this where i'm like man i don't know i personally don't want to go back and i i'm not going to go back (laughs) i'm not so i feel like i i don't someone nobody has brought to me how the value of saying okay because you're in the office you're more productive than when you're at home they can't yeah. Unless there's a technological reason for why you should be at work, like, I don't know, make, maybe the systems you're using in the office are more powerful or something. I, mean, I don't if you're if you're in the government space, if you have like, I don't know, top secret, what do you call it? The polygraph. Yeah, if you're t- if you're t- oh, yeah, polygraph lifestyle. Yeah, like I, but those are, have, yeah, yeah, those are but, they're in secure facilities. So, again, yeah. like there are exceptions to different things. Right. But like for the most part, the average person where all we're doing for the lack of, you know, better term is doing a TPA report, mm-hmm. like off of office space, like, hey, your TPA reports do every yeah, day. Like, have, come yeah, you on. You have all the tools, you have teams there, you, you, you know, everything is there, you know, but it's it's kind of what people are used to, but I think so. How do we break the wheel? So you said this was a rat race earlier. Right. We've now jumped off of it. We're no longer on the hamster wheel, right? How do we break it? Because that's what ultimately it's going to take for no, us I to not I, go back to how things well, used to no, be. No, I don't think it's how do we. I think it's being broken already. It's how are people going to adjust to the new norm? It's going to be hard for a lot of companies to adjust to the new. So we're we're in tech, right? And there's so many other industries. But I can speak for tech, maybe even marketing and all that. That's their big. They they will accept that quicker than other industries will. Sure, sure. Yeah, they don't really have a choice because talent will uh, leave. Yeah, and if yeah, you if you lose yeah, your people, you lose a lot. Talent is expensive. Right. right. It's expensive. Just recruiting alone that costs a lot of money. And you don't just, when you get the, the, the talent in there or the consultant in there, you have to service that consultant because there's always people trying to poach him left and right. Right. So it's expensive. So I think they will be forced to adjust because there's so many options. I, I mean, I, I can be here and have a client in Houston. I can be have a client in food. They don't give a shit as long as, hey, you're producing deliverables on time. All, why would I need to work with somebody down here? So I think within our space, within our sector, they will be forced to be more flexible i had an interview um maybe about a month ago uh with a consultant firm okay. it's like one of the big four and i'm not a fan of the big four but go ahead i mean i'm a former big four guy i get it um 
one of the, the partners basically said to me, uh, we talked about how things were changing. Because people may or may not be aware of this, and I guess I'll speak to this a little bit. More times than not, if you're a senior consultant in the consultant space, the thought is that you're going to travel um, probably 80% of the time. Yeah, I, yeah. They're going to have you on the road unless you have a local client. Monday through Thursday, you are by that client. The pandemic has changed the way that even clients think about this now. Clients are no longer willing to pay the, the cost of having room and board to have a consultant fly into their city. It's like, okay, we can have meetings and we can start a regular cadence. So if you need to fly in for a day, we'll do that. But why do you need to be here to do the work? You've done it remotely for a year and it's cheaper for me. Zoom, Microsoft Teams. All of these other things. So technology has yeah. shrank the world in a, in a sense where now we no longer have to do things the way that we did them. And on the flip side, People that are in the consulting space prefer it because they don't have to travel anymore. That's so, the, like, that's the cost savings I'm talking about from the employer's side. Huge. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it'll be interesting to revisit this conversation in about a year. Like, given like, okay, there's vaccinations now. Hopefully, Corona will be gone. You know, the history. Maybe in about a year to see how the workspace made that adjustment after Corona. DC officially opens up with 100% restriction free for the most part tomorrow, right? To your point, it'll be very interesting for us to have this conversation in let's say six months or a year, like yeah. off wax on wax, whatever, yeah. just because there are going to be times when now, okay, are we going back to work? Because of course, like we all talk a big game, but life isn't cheap. Things are getting much more expensive because of like supply and demand. Like I've flown a few times. I wanted to go to New Orleans the week before uh, Labor Day or Memorial Day. And the tickets are like $800. Like I tried to buy them like maybe like two weeks out. $800 for New Orleans? Like are, what are we doing? Like are you serious to me? You know what I'm saying? And like the average person can't afford that stuff. Like I looked at it and said, nah, I can't spend yeah, $800 for New yeah, Orleans. Yeah. That's a... Three fifty, four hundred dollar flight tops. Like, yes. I'm not gonna double pay just because I want to be out and about. Right. Like, I saw something on Twitter where like these guys went to Vegas. They were in one of the nightclubs, spent like nine grand. Damn, nine grand, bro. I'm not trying to do any of that. Like, I'm trying to have fun, but is it to the point where I need to like miss this summer, keep stacking my money, and then go next summer because? This is why I think that companies are going to start applying this. This uh, They got some leverage here. Like, a lot of times we act like, yo, there are things that we won't do. They got some leverage. Oh, you still want to get paid. The job market ain't that great. Like uh, For everybody. There are I certain see, people that's going to have to go back. Okay, I see it a little different. So, yeah, the spike in tickets to go to, I mean, New Orleans is a nice hotspot. Vegas is a hotspot. So, you, you essentially, you're dealing with a frenzy right now. It's like a, a, a bunch of people that have been caged in for like over a year and now you're, you opened up the doors and everybody's running out. Yeah, adults so been course, on punishment. Yeah, yeah adults been I on punishment. A, if I had a hotel, I owned a hotel in Vegas, Bellagio, whatever, I'm, I'm charging a grip because I had nobody coming in for almost a year. So I'm trying to make my album, promote the parties, all that. So I know everybody's got, people are paying. Go to Miami right now, it's nuts. You know, so I get it, but, but this is a friend. It's all that shit is going to die down. So that leads me into certainly like 
as somebody who does real estate as well, are you worried? Because we're clearly on a we're in a bubble. Like you see the spike going up every week. They talk about home prices. What happens when this shit bursts? Uh, I don't know if I'll call it the bubble. Okay. It's, this is one of those classic situations of supply and demand. Okay. Right. So there's so many. I mean, we could talk for hours about this, but there's so many factors that lead into that. So Corona being a major factor, right? So that affected real estate. We talk about um, people holding onto their own onto their homes for longer because they don't know what the future looks like. You people who took forbearance and all that, and now they are tied into their homes. They can't sell their homes because they are underwater. A lot of banks are double mortgaging homes now, and now there's this madness for if you're a flipper, you have a property that is on the market for let's pick a number 200k you have like 10 flippers coming in there because the inventory is so low they bid that stuff up to about i mean we've had I've, I've gone through properties in dc where there's a property in silver spring that was listed for 250 and it sold for like 200k over ask ridiculous i don't even know what kind of profit margins that the the seller is thinking is going to add that that's just bad business sure but there's so many examples of that but the inventory is so low. People are not selling. They are trying to wait out to see what it looks like. Some people are locked into their homes. You know, when you're taking mortgage forbearance, people are, okay, take forbearance for about a year. That's like 20000 25000 You don't have to pay, depending on what your mortgage is. You have twenty k in your hand. People are going to the stock market or buying things or investing in something else. Now you're like, oh, shit, I looked at, I, th- I thought I wanted to move. And now your double mortgage. You have, you know, it's easier. It's easy to be able to take out twenty thousand and do whatever. But when it's time to pay back, it's not so easy. It's not. So people are stuck in their own, and that's millions of homes. So I think all those things are gonna they will play out with time. I don't think it's a bubble. Okay. I think the the, the government opened up avenues for people to not lose their homes, and now it's a situation people thought, oh. When the forbearance is over, people are going to be foreclosing left and right. No, the government is still going to let that happen. They're just going to roll that stuff to the back of the loan, and you're going to double mortgage your house. If you want to sell your house, like you, you reset on your former mortgage, but if you try to sell your house, when the title company comes in, they'll be like, oh, you have another lender on your house, your double mortgage. So if you're going to sell that house, it better be above that 30k but if you think about it if you're trying to sell the house and you may mind you thought you're going to make 60 70 thousand and you you put forbearance on your house all the, all the way up to about 30 30,000 40,000 that eats into your profit you make 30k 20k it's not right. so sexy is it no because like, you know, like, yeah, yeah, just stay right I'll just stay so that's what's happening across the board okay then landlords too they're going through their own issues tenants can't leave the government is saying you can't kick them out to we'll give you some loan programs to so offset that we'll give the tenants loan programs also and all that so it's it's not a bubble it's more strategic the the, the real estate crash that happened years ago is it it's not going to happen trust me on that. Well, i'll say this much controls in place so as somebody so that's a renter happen. right now um i know that my uh building has put the press on me to resign my lease like they call oh, me really? weekly. Oh, absolutely. Um, I got a call yesterday. And woman was very nice. She so said, down. She was just like, What will it take to get you to stay? Shit, not 
my lease. That'd be nice, but yeah, like you that's. Try that I didn't. I was just like, oh, I'll get around to it. Like. Start really high and you need yeah. yeah. Nah, I'll see what's up. I'll, I'll try that as a thing. I didn't even think of that. Like, no, nah, I wanted it below market, like for real now, because clearly, like, the building occupancy is going down. Yeah. Because yeah. people I can't mean, afford to live but, in a city. But you like your location. You see the view? Yeah, yeah. So this this is real nice. So yeah, tell them, be like, you know what? I have other options, I have other offers, but I really like this place. The staff is great, you know, all that bullshit. And be like, hey, listen. How can we make this work? Ideally, I would like 750 off the rent. No, no, because like, okay, listen, let's talk. That's what I would like. What can you give? Oh, they would knock something off. Okay. Yeah, and be like, listen, if you can knock it off, I'll sign a two-year lease or one-year lease or whatever. Sure. But they don't knock. Yeah. Okay. I would. Oh shit, I would say. I would say knock off 900. <laughs> that's that's the Nigerian. Enemy. Yeah, I was gonna say they might try to kick me out with that. Like 900. Like get out. Hey, listen, hey. You never know. See, my motto is you never know till you ask. And it's how you ask. There's, there's, you know, you can be very brash and there's an innocent way to ask. But like, you know what? These are the options I've been getting. And just based on the comps, you know, BS. Based on the comps and all that, I have other buildings trying to, like, because I've been looking, but I like it, but I've been been forced to look because my lease is coming to an end. And, you know, the other other properties around here offering, like, you know, same comparable type, some even bigger, $900 less. So, you know, it's been very tempting, but I'm trying to figure out, you know, what we can work out here. You've already, now you didn't ask for a $900 discount, but you planted the seed. You said $900 less. You give the figure. You're like, oh shit, you know, he wants to stay and all that. It's, 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 it's all the same as messaging. See this you, guy. <laughs> I should have called you before. Hey, uh, she's going to ask me. She's like, are you speaking to Darrell? Yes. Why'd your accent change? Don't worry about that, you know. I'm treating you like a person that's from home. Not to put hey, you on the man, phone and let you rock with that. Until you ask, man. If they say no, you'll be like, okay, let's let's work out a deal. They would knock out at least four hundred of that. That's funny. I'm I'm absolutely gonna try that now. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm absolutely gonna try What's that. What's the worst that can happen? They say no, yeah, and yeah. I'm paying the same rent. Yeah, it's not right. gonna lose no sleep over it, and you then you, you do your revaluation. Is it worth it? Let me see what else is out there. I always my mom always told me there's there's no price that is set in stone. That's what my mom. There's nothing set in stone. You have to ask. I think as an American, or as a uh, African American, I've never been taught that or even thought that as a thing. Straight oh, really? up, no, no. Like we've always there was no negotiation. It's just like okay, if the price is this, you pay this. Oh no, no, no. Everything is negotiated. Every as long as there's not a machine behind it, yeah, everything is negotiable. I just need to talk to the person. Everything is negotiable. There's there's nothing in life that's money. Everything is everything. You just give me one on one. Okay. I'm gonna knock something off. Okay. Something. Yeah. You won't feel like you got a deal unless you got something off. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna knock something. Everything is negotiable. Now, like I said, if it's a machine, you forget it. But if there's a human being behind that. Everything is negotiable. But that's. That's what we were taught. Everything is negotiable. Okay. Yeah. My my, my wife gets sick of it. I was like, listen, you, we are going to get something. Yo, my ex girlfriend. I think I feel like I've told this story in the podcast before. Um, 
she was African. Uh, salute to her. Um, I, when I was originally just buying merch for the podcast, like we were in New York, like you know, weird ass buildings, and she was just like, "Let me do this." Okay. <laughs> I didn't say a single word, fam. Okay. Like she was like hitting them over the head, like, nah, I'm not paying that. Here's what I'll pay. So like whatever price that they quoted me, I feel like we paid like a you know, maybe a third right. of that price. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, yo, y'all really would have got me for full price if I came here. But she was just like, nah, this is my this is my wheelhouse. Like, I know how to do this. She was just like, I'm not saying that we all know what we good at. I was smart enough to know you let her rock because she's just like you. No, you you ask, you get the discount. Are you serious? You've you've never been taught like everything is negotiable. Nah, not I haven't. It would just be like, all right, like that's what you want for it. All right, cool. Like I either want it or I don't. Wow, that is interesting. I I never thought that. Yeah, I like if I think it's a fair price, I don't mind paying it. If it's you know too high, like I'm just not going to spend it. Like, I can walk away from shit. Like, go to a club or something. Like, yo, I don't know. Bottles are however much. Okay, cool. Like, it's either I want to spend the money on a bottle or I don't. If you come, you know, trying to get additional money out of me, like, yo, you need to have a fee for, like, renting the table. That's X. No, I'm not paying that. Like, I'll just walk away. Now, if, as I'm walking away, you renegotiate it. That's cool. But I'm not going to be like, nah. So, like, I'll give you half. No, nah, like, I'm, I'm not even like, because I always felt like that was insulting people. But I guess not. Like, no, well, mm, I would say, yeah, it depends on the delivery. Okay. It, everything is about delivery. Some people will feel insulted. Like, hey, this is, but I was, first of all, are you going to sit? Are you going to buy or not? It, it, everything is delivery. You can call them, person to the side, like, hey, listen, man. You know, I got like a few guys in here. We're about to like really spend some money. You know, what can we do on that? It's it's all about delivery. Everything is about if you're buying stuff, you're at a car dealership. Everything is about delivery. You know, hey, I'm trying to do this. I really like this. You know, you always the first the the first um, the first go ahead is always make that person feel good. Right. Always, you know. Hey, I want to like. Hey, listen. I know you're working hard and all that. I'm not trying to even add to this stuff, but you know, I got my my boys here, my friends here. There's females in here. We're trying to do this. Like, you know, you look like you look like you're the guy who can get shit done. You just you always got to pacify people, and once you inflate that ego, they'll do whatever for you. Okay, that's like rule number one in negotiating. You don't just go in and like, hey, no, you gotta like. Make that person feel good and see how they respond. Some, not everybody will respond. Not everybody will, but you gauge their response, how they, how they move. You're like, okay, all right, this is like he's a cool dude and all that. Okay, here's what I can do for you. Mm-hmm. Always. So that's, for me, I learned that from more, most certainly from my mom. That's what I learned from my mom. My dad, too, negotiates, but my mom is like. She's the one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what I learned from her. Okay. Uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here, bro? Uh, on what? Just the workforce being torn up? No, down. You, you haven't. Been, I was gonna say you haven't been on the pod in a minute. Like whatever. Man, I've been I've been busy, man. Been I know busy you ain't got time to hoop with us no more. Man. Like you always traveling. I'm trying to live the life. Like, like, no. That's the the final thought that I would absolutely leave us with. I think that I've noticed the way that we sort of maneuver in life. Um, because of COVID and how we have so much time to do things that we want to do. 
like before we couldn't do that like i remember growing up as a kid and i think my mom got got home at maybe my like four o'clock or so like she would cook dinner like mm-hmm. you did all of these things as an adult i don't i've never ate dinner at like 5 30 like that even when i lived with my girlfriend that wasn't traditional right. and so we always talk about the family values in the traditional home this has taught us how to get back to that yeah yeah I, especially in my household i agree a hundred percent seeing the kids spending more time with the kids and all that yeah i agree a hundred percent and you know i've i've just been going crazy trying to get a lot of things lined up because right when the virus started yes it was crazy people were getting sick people were dying which is unfortunate but as a uh, as a businessman you have to see this is like a, this is a very big window that's going to shut down real soon so my wheel started spinning i'm like huh i see this window going because of how advanced we are technologically with medicine and all that I was like, huh, I see this window lasting for about a year, maybe a year, six months. So I thought to myself, I was like, huh, what, what can I do within this 12 months that I can say, okay, post-corona, it's not even about a money thing, you know, I, I try not to equate things to money, but I like post-corona, did I come out better? Did I change my lifestyle? Did I change my perception? Did I uh, uh, go to a position where I'm like, okay, this is more me time, this is more family time for me. So my will started spending, I was like, huh, what can I do? Like, there's so much to explore. If it's from, you know, the rem- we talked about the remote jobs, we're getting multiple gigs or looking into other business opportunities. So that's why my head was spent out of just like traveling left and right, figuring out what's going on. Cause I was like, I'm definitely not coming out of Corona the same way I went in. And, I, I made a bet to myself. I was like, by the time Corona is done, it's going to be all about Ike and his family and what I want to do. Everything else is going to be optional. So that's the setup. That's why you guys don't see me hooping because my brain just—we talk. My brain just be. Yeah, no, I I'm get like, it. Yeah, I'm like, I need to be. When we're done with this, it needs to be on my time. You know, it was, oh, I have to do this. If I don't do this, you know, I said, this has to be on my time. So that's since, what, April last year, that's when, you know, and luckily I have like a, I have like a community of other guys who think similarly to, some are in their own business, some are in tech, you know, some are in marketing, but the, the whole thought process was we can't come out of Corona the same way we went in. And we need more of our time. If there's nothing else, I want us to fully rewrite the social contract that we have um, as people. Time is precious. Oh, yeah. We give give more time away to working and all these other things than we do to ourselves. It doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, that is facts. No, it doesn't have to. I think a lot of people have realized that, yeah, yeah. That's why you see in the news people are quitting they don't i mean even people saying okay they are living off um uh what's it it's not what's that uh the benefits right not ben- what's what unemployment unemployment right it's not 
I think deeper than that, right? I think it's not just the fact that they don't have to work and they're getting money. I think they are finding out more about themselves. Be like, man, I've been subjected to this bullshit. Job oh yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. It's so it, long. I don't have to do this shit. That's absolutely like a yeah. a corporate narrative, and yeah. it's like yeah. it's sort of what it's allowed people to sort of underpay and underappreciate mm-hmm. people for so long. Like you do this because you have to. Well, right now, people don't have to. So you need me to actually yes. do this. So, it, yes. again, it yes. flips the social contract on yes. its head. Like, yes. as much as it used to be about the employers. Right. Yes. Now All it's about, about the, the yeah. Now it is about the employee because yeah. you need me to get this yeah. work done. Yeah. I, I can't tell you how many employers hit me up on a daily. It's crazy. I'm sure. Yeah. Like, it, it's not like nonstop. You're like, huh. You know what? Because in the past, you had a few hit you up, but now it's it's so there. A lot of employers are very desperate to get talent. Now they recognize that talent is not as easy as before. You come in, oh, we can only pay you this. No, no. Now yeah, I need top dollar. Yeah, now I need top yeah. dollar. Or if you're not giving me top dollar, I'm working 100% remote for whatever you're offering. Right. Take it or leave it. Right. And people are getting really bold, making those demands now. I've had many clients call me up and I was like, hey, listen, the job sounds nice, but I'm doing 100% remote. Oh, you know, what about when COVID is over? No, no, this is 100% remote. That's my, like, okay, whatever price you're listing, contractual, uh, hourly rate or whatever that is, uh, okay, this is fine. I can rock with this, but my take is 100% remote, take it or leave it. And some are like, oh, we kind of, okay, that's fine. There's nothing to talk about. So, okay, we need to go back. We need to have a conversation. And they're actually coming back. That that never happened before. So now they're coming back. Okay, we can offer you this. We can sign on the dotted line and all that. So, yeah, it's changing. I, I Reconsider. Hope, I hope stays, read some literature yeah, on the subject. Yeah, I hope it stays this way. But so, we have to make it stay this way. Well, I mean, as you know, millennials and below, which would be, we're at the tail end of the millennials, but millennials and below, they're just flipping everything. Yeah, I was going to say, we have to make down. it this way. Because yeah. when we're in positions we of power, yeah, we also have to enforce that. Because again, like I said, it's it's not us, it's the older people. We have to make them understand you know, that what they want isn't okay. It's funny you said that. So one of my friends, he's older, he's, uh, uh, he's close to 50. He was complaining, oh, these millennials, all about me, 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 me. I was like, hey. Yes, it is about me. It is about me. My job doesn't care about me as a person. You, If I die tomorrow, you'll find somebody to replace me within a week. So, yes, it has to absolutely be about me. It's funny. He said that me, me, me. It's all about me, myself, what I want. Like, hey. Yeah. That's that's the way the world is now. Yeah. Everybody else has been getting there, so why not us? Yep, yep. Hey man, uh, thank you, brother, for coming through. Um, I know we're about to watch some basketball, so I can at least see Kevin Durant give Giannis more of this work. Uh, here we go. <laughs> Katie's that dude. Whatever. Where's Bron at? Hey, ball players on a rap. Rappers want a ball. <laughs> I just want a podcast. My name is Darrell, and this is the Real World. And we hope to see you guys next week. Peace.